it will end similar to Germany, but there is one difference that prevents the U.S. now from being for from having the same fate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my bi-weekly podcast for Arcadia Economics. This week, we feature, or I feature, a special guest. But first, I wanted to just mention that my next issue of my Mining Stock Journal will be released this afternoon after the stock market closes. And one of the topics I'll be discussing in there is what happened to Silvercrest Metals last night, last week. Stock was down little over 22% when after it released its earnings. So I'm, I explained to my subscribers what I think happened, why I think it happened, and how I'm playing it. And also, I need to mention that this episode is sponsored by Silver Viper, which is advancing its La Virginia project in warm and lovely Sonora, Mexico. Uh, it's not warm all year round exactly where their project site is, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you can find Silver Viper on the OTC Bolton board in the U.S. under VIPRF and on the Toronto Venture Exchange under VIPR.V. So thanks for joining me, and I hope everyone enjoys the special guest this week. This week, I have a very special guest, Jan Neist of M&M Consult. Used to be called Metals and Mining, but when Brexit, when the Brexit thing happened, he had to give that up, but he wanted to keep the two M's. And we actually met each other over in Africa about three and a half weeks ago when we were both there to take the first gold pour celebration tour of Fortuna's Segela mine in the Cote d'Ivoire. And Jan and I got along very well and decided we needed to start doing podcasts intermittently. So um, here's Jan. I'll let him introduce himself and tell, tell you a little bit about what he does. Dave, I'm glad to be in your program. I can't believe that it's already over three weeks past since we met in Ivory Coast. That was really an experience. As you said already, I work for mining companies. I have the German issue of the Morgan Report. And we put together also a nice conference for mining companies and others in Munich. So that is my basic business. And I'm obviously very much interested in politics, geopolitics, and precious metals, of course. Sure. Well, thanks for coming on, and hopefully, um, hopefully the audience will enjoy this a little bit different than than the usual nonsense that I that I podcast every other week. So, I wouldn't agree with the nonsense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, one thing we figured out is we're very like minded in terms of uh, our views on what's going on geopolitically and in the precious metal sector and what goes on, you know, a lot of what goes on behind the scenes is not something we get to see, but we can only infer. And so we're, we're both in the same camp in that respect. So um, one thing I wanted to um, talk about for starters is that you as a German native and resident, um, and obviously, you know, for me, when I think about Germany, um, one of the things that comes to mind is what happened in the early 
20s during the Weimar government period and the hyperinflation. And I was just curious, and I, I, there's a reason why I'm bringing this up in a second, but um, I, I was just curious, are, are, are Germans still sensitive to that? And, and um, are, they, are they worried about a possible repeat of that experience? This experience, Dave, is still in the in the mind of many peoples. They got it from stories from their grandparents or grand-grandparents. I have it from my grandparents. I remember my grandfather telling about the packs of paper money they used to have in the early 20s until 1924. He was a child back then, but he told me how difficult it was and how important to have your own farm to produce, to have your garden, because in the cities, in the big cities, where you had many employed people, that was really a tough fight. If you still had work, it was already on the way down. It was a tough economic situation. The people had to spend their money as soon as they got it, because the prices were changing so quickly. It was like in, in Venezuela, that was a recent repeat of that story or Zimbabwe. That was exactly the situation. And of course, if you have those circumstances, it can go only downwards. People were also there that used it because if you took a loan, invested in something, and then a week or a month later, your value of the loan had decreased by half or more. So even some fortunes were made in those times but the majority suffered a lot and this is still in the mind of the people and therefore we have uh, precious metals gold and silver are in high demand here and if you look at the statistic of the world gold council although we have 80 plus something population the demand for precious metals per capita per head is pretty high here so that's definitely a topic and Adding to this, we got the euro, although we had the DM, the German mark, that was a good money. Many people didn't want the euro. We got it anyway. That's another reason for gold to precious metals. And all the forecasts that were made more than 20 years ago, that this money would not last, it would devalue, it would be at our disadvantage at the end, proved to be right. So... Precious metals, big topic here. Well, that's what I figured. And I, you know, it's good to hear it from someone on the ground over there because, you know, we read about, you know, the high demand for physical gold, uh, you know, among the German population. But, you know, sometimes I don't always necessarily believe what I read. So it's, it's good to hear that on the ground. Now, the reason why I bring that up is, as you know, the U.S. Treasury announced yesterday, in fact, that it was going to issue over a trillion dollars in net new debt. Um, I think that's net of refinancing existing maturities. So over a trillion dollars in the third quarter. And I saw a chart that was tweeted out yesterday that kind of, it kind of reminded me of what hyperinflation looks like. You, can you see that chart? Yes. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I think when people are looking at, you know, the cause of inflation and, you know, people are looking at interest rates, supply, demand, 
And really, inflation is caused by money printing, central bank money printing, which is, you know, what happened in in the early 20s in Germany when they ran out of gold and they still had a ton of foreign debt they had to pay off um, from World War One, And so they just started hyperinflating the currency and using that to repay foreign debt. So, um, but it, it, it also comes, you know, I, I believe that government's deficit spending and government debt issuance, it's okay in small amounts, and, but the U.S. debt right now is around 100, and, I think it's about 120 percent of GDP, and there's there's been studies that show when it goes above 100 percent of GDP, and that doesn't include the Fannie and Freddie, you know, the agency guaranteed debt, then it's even worse. Um, but there's been studies that have suggested that when that percentage of sovereign debt to GDP goes above 100 percent. That's you're basically in the last few innings of the currency that's issued by that country. Um, and so this this debt, this chart right here to me kind of reminds me of what hyperinflation looks like if you're charting inflation. And I, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on this, because it, it, to me, it's just it's just incredibly reckless of the U.S. government to do this. And I actually think this will translate into some sort of hyperinflation not the least of the reasons which is because of the fact that the fed will probably have to start printing money again to finance this because we know i believe roughly since 2008 the qe has financed like something like 50 percent of the government debt issuance and we know foreigners are starting to um, disinvest from investing in u.s treasury debt and so to me, you know, the Fed's going to have to at some point crank up the printing press again. And I was just wondering your thoughts on this. That's a typical chart for an exponential function. And in the final stage, it becomes vertically similar like we saw it in Japan as in Germany. The question to me is only why did the US dollar not lose more value yet? So, and I think the the explanation for that is distraction. Look, search for other playing fields like wars, other countries. For me, the US dollar is really ripe for a big devaluation. And against what can it devalue? Other paper currencies? I doubt there is only precious metals. And um, it will end similar to Germany. But there is one difference that prevents the U.S. now from being for from having the same fate, and that is your still high military power. The USA is still there to talk to Saudi Arabia to still use the U.S. dollar, although they already went down in the usage to go to other countries, stick with the petrodollar because this is the key support for your US dollar, the usage in the oil trade. But there are many, many fields that we can open here that this is doomed and the point of no return is long gone. If they now don't go back to quantitative easing QE, then where should the money come from? From the people that are struggling now with the daily costs of living, 
from big investors who saw already their bond investments shrinking in value in the past year, who should buy those bonds? That means the interest will increase further with those large issues of debt that again pushes more pressure on the current bond holdings, the yields or the, the bond values will decrease. So that's um, a death spiral. And I think sooner or later, the Fed will have no other choice than starting QE again and buying those excess debt. And that's, of course, the point where I think the uh, precious metal market will be freed and then fly away. But as I tell my viewers at my own channel always, they will probably use, try not use, but try to find an excuse for the fly to the moon. And this will be a different playing field. And suitable right now is the Russian-Ukraine war. They will say the war was it. We had too much expenses. Putin is guilty of everything. It was not our fault. So I can tell the people only prepare, take your precautions, buy your precious metals now. Today we have an ugly day again, $20 down, silver down. Yesterday we had a good day. Don't worry about those fluctuations too much. Soon, who knows when, it will be a question of having metal or not having metal. Then overnight, that's my firm conviction that overnight it will everything will change and then you have it or you don't have it. Well, that's that's a good point because that's kind of the the you know how do you how do you go bankrupt? It's you know the Heming, famous Hemingway quote um, from the sun also rises. And uh, how do you go bankrupt? Well, two ways, slowly and suddenly. And that's that's always been my thesis is that one of these days we're going to wake up and the world's going to look a lot different. Um, just really quickly, because I, I thought it was you had uh, brought this up. You, you used the term debt spiral or, or yeah, debt spiral. Yes. And I just wanted to mention that um, it's that's funny to me because when I was a junk bond trader in the 90s on Wall Street and you'd have triple C rated companies, the, the debt of their companies, the, the yield as they were getting more and more distressed, the yield would look like this. And and we used to refer to that as the irreversible debt spiral. So and I think I think you're right. I think that's where we are in the U.S. right now. And um at some point, the U.S. is going to hit the wall. And like you said, who knows what's going to be the final trigger point. But again, it's it's going to be one of those things where you wake up and suddenly it's a different world out there. I wanted to um, really quickly here just transition because you, you were mentioning the, the war in Ukraine. And um, I wanted to just touch briefly on what's going on geopolitically right now in the globe. And as you point out, it seems like a lot of it is being um, it, it's 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 coming from the U.S. and it's and it's you know implementation of its military force around the globe right now. And I've always thought that well, it's not just my thought. A lot of people think this. Not even close to my original thought that um, the the primary way that the U.S. maintains this the reserve status of the U.S. dollar 
is with its military presence, it's got bases in something like 188 different countries around the world. It's, it's just, it's incredible. And it's, it's, it's extremely expensive to maintain. And that's part of the reason why we're seeing that treasury debt chart go parabolic. Um, but my, my thesis is, is that the reason why the U.S. is all of a sudden um, ratcheted up geopolitical tensions with Russia. Well, Russia, we're basically almost directly at war with Russia. Um, and we're, we've, there's, you know, we've been threatening to go to war with China is I believe that the U S is, is trying as much as possible to hold on to the status of the U S dollar as the world's reserve currency. And, um, you know, obviously with all these deals going on around the world to do, to do bilateral settle bilateral trades in, in um, each country's respective currency, a, a lot of the rest of the world is saying no mas to the dollar. Um, I just wanted, wanted your thoughts on that. We have big movements, big forces now that oppose the US dollar. And as I told you before, it's for me a miracle that the dollar is still there where it is. So there must be behind the curtain mighty forces that keep that Potjomkin village together. We have the BRICS. We know those countries of southern, southern hemisphere, then Russia, China, India, South Africa. Okay, that's not really a powerhouse, but there are more countries joining this. And as you said, they make their local trade in their own currencies. So the use of US dollars is shrinking, is coming down. Um, but this, the BRICS nations, if you compare to the West, what would I prefer? And it's, it's hard to say. I can not like one side or the behavior of one side, but not necessarily must like the other side. If I look to China, that's not a really alternative for me. So it's, it's a global struggle for control for a new adjustment in in the power and as it looks now to me the states uh, the statesmen or the states persons in all countries they are more more and more leaving the path of ratio of logic and of of a sound mind to call it so they they go on a dangerous path not just in the USA with Biden who recently came into an, a room and said, I am AI, I'm not kidding. And then moving like a robot, that's your leader. Then we have on the other hand, Putin, who is now threatening uh, the West with nuclear attacks. So where is the ratio? The ratio is in, in people like us who discuss it, which is also a problem nowadays many issues problems are not discussed anymore you have sides that are fighting each other not just about the monetary problems about this c19 difficulties that we had in the past years so it's a, a very dangerous global situation it's it's affecting all countries more or less but i think less the countries in the in the southern hemisphere that are more reliable or that more rely on agriculture i think now this might be an advantage like ivory coast 
where we met recently, they can grow food all the time. Food that is, for me, a big problem that will emerge, a bigger problem. Yes, uh, the finances, the bricks, I can only suggest to everybody who is reading that, think out of the box, do not trust your politicians until the contrary is proven. Think for yourself and prepare. You know, that's a good point about the Ivory Coast, because um, now that I think about it, I do remember that the produce that we were eating over there, the vegetables and the fruit that were grown in the Cote d'Ivoire, I, I just remember thinking every time I ate it, it was like, Jesus, this is so much better than the produce we get in the United States. It's it's amazing. Um, and I'm, part of the reason is because the big corporations don't control the agriculture over there the way they do in the United States. So we don't get, you know, genetically modified food, um, you know, food that is coerced to grow. And it, it just, at any rate, um, I digress. So the guys who control more or less the world, Dave, they want you to eat their stuff they produce or they present you in the supermarket, turn down your brain and follow their lead. <laughs> but That has always been the, the way to destruction. So better don't take it. <laughs> That's a good point. So Jan, one thing I just wanted to get your thoughts on, maybe just flush out a little bit more because you, you made a good point and it's something that I, I don't really think about, you know, because sometimes, you know, even though I don't like what the U.S. well, I shouldn't say I don't like, I completely despise the way the U.S. is conducting itself on the global on the global scene um just because i'm not in agreement with that doesn't mean that i automatically take the other side of china and russia so i was just wondering if maybe you could kind of flush that out because it's like what what alternatives do we have if we're in disagreement with you know any of the countries that seem to be vying to be the next superpower if people are opposed to one side and they have strong emotions, they tend to automatically move to the other side, to the opposing side. But that is mostly uh, a distraction and um, some, something that you should really consider what is behind there. If we see, we spoke about the BRICS. If we see the, the BRICS countries, they want to abandon the US dollar. That is all. I agree completely with it. The power of the US dollar has to be broken and something new has to emerge. A more fairer system globally, but how should it look like? Do we want China as a new leading power with their 15 minutes cities with complete control? You have to give your fingerprint. Now, I, I recently read you have even children have to give an ID card if they want to enter a train somewhere, total control in China. So as you said it, Dave, if I don't like one side, I not necessarily like the other one. But what should we do instead of it? Remember the past times, the fight that our ancestors did for freedom. And you saw it in the German history. If that fight is lost, 
really dark times can, can emerge, but it can happen anywhere. So we have to fight for truth, for what is right, and for justice. And that we do independently what other powers do. We simply speak the truth. And as George Orwell said in a famous book, in those times, speaking the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Mm. And I think we are there. And if we continue this, then we have a chance to fight those powers that want to try to take the civil rights, the rights of the people away now. And this fight has to be fought everywhere, even in Africa, where we were recently. You know the story of the E-Naira. Seems to me Africa is a playing field for, I call it, and others also, the new world order. Mm. People have to fight it everywhere. So we have allies everywhere and we have to get the word out. Think for yourself, prepare for the worst. I think something serious will happen starting from the Ukraine, Russia war. It can spread to other countries. Who, who knows? Prepare and fight for what is true, even if you have many against you. Sure, that's that's fantastic, and I agree with everything you said. Um, so certainly, I think part of the fight over in Africa that's kind of going, well, I wouldn't call it a fight, but there's certainly some competition for control of the resources over there between China and the U.S. and, and a few other large countries, um, and that stems from all the natural resources that are there, and certainly we Saw an example of that at the Segala mine, Fortuna's Segala mine. Um, speaking of getting to the truth, now, I, I, as you well know, I mean, you know, it's 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 been said many times by many people that you can't have an honest political and economic system without honest money, and certainly fiat currency is not honest money. In fact, it's quite dishonest money. I don't think I need to, to, to bring that chart of the U.S. debt load back up. That's that's 100% dishonesty right there. Um, but that brings us to conversation of gold. And I wanted to share another chart with you. Um, this, is, this is a chart that a lot of us started looking at, I don't know, probably a year ago. And it's this, this go, this is the price of gold on a weekly basis from 2000 to present. And you've got a massive head and, or a massive cup and handle formation here, right? You've got a, you've got what's essentially about a nine year cup. And then you've got a handle that's, that's extended out another three years. And I mean, I'm not an expert in, in, technical analysis chart analysis but you know i know enough to know that um many times but not always the way this chart formation gets resolved is you have another massive move higher that i believe will be somewhat similar to what we saw from 2000 2011 um and i just wanted your thoughts on that where you where you think the price of gold is going and what the drivers will be we see here the chart dating back 2011 and past 2011, the old high. And then we were there in those 
tough times for the mining stocks and for us investors that lasted so long. But as we see here in the chart, we have a three, uh, three summit top or three highs there. And I think the next move will really move through this, this line, the, this upper ceiling. What will be the reason? Ukraine banking crisis. We haven't touched that uh, problem yet in the USA. The banking crisis is obviously not over yet. And you Agreed. have thousands of banks. So there are so many chances to blow that away. We can only guess there are many, many enough. And it must be really tough for the powers uh, to be to keep it still in that range. $2,000 seems to be a magic mark. They always like those round numbers and keep it below it. But I think once it breaks again, it can move quickly. $500 upwards. And I said to, to friends 20, 20 years ago already, if this goes up really big time, then what surrounds you will look different. This will be, in my opinion, the biggest bubble of all bigger than technology, biotech, etc., because this is the final bubble. The other bubbles were made in fiat money, but this one is the bubble against the fiat money or while the fiat money is collapsing. Therefore, it, from my thinking, it must be the biggest bubble of all. So as I, as I said to you before, it's a question of having or not having uh, the precious metals. Buy what you can afford. Egon von Greyerts, my friend, always says, even if you have little money, buy some silver, buy little gold coins like the Indians do if they have a good harvest. Be wise and do not care so much for the, for the daily movements of the precious metals. If I look at the market today, and if I'm a trader, if I have options or futures, that is a painful day, of course. Again, but if I have some coins, I don't care at all. And if I go back to 20 years back, I bought them at a dollar price of $300 and something. And this is really competitive to many other investments, even if you look at the Dow Jones or the DAX or the big markets. And... That is only the beginning. Uh, as I said, I think that will be the biggest bubble of all. But the powers to be, the banks, the bullion banks, the usual suspects, they want to try to kick you out before the big move comes. So stay tight and continue stucking, as the silver bucks or the Wall Street silver guys and the Degens say. <laughs> You know, you, you bring up a really good point because I, I see a lot of whining in social media from guys who um, maybe bought their first, let me go back to this chart, maybe brought, bought their first, you know, gold or silver when the market was here. And, you know, it this was a big move in a, over an 11-year period. And it, it's only natural that you're going to have a period of, consolidation and correction you know to set up the next move and and you know i never in my wildest dreams dreamed that it would take nine years to get back to where we were 
in in mid 2011 for the price of gold. But um, I think people are are they're they're a little bit not all people, but I think a lot of people who get into the precious metal sector start doing it because they're chasing momentum higher, like the momentum that we saw from from the middle of 2018 to August of 2020. So, you know, it, and so, I mean, you haven't really lost money, you know, where the price of gold is now, you could have bought it at any time in 2011 or 2021, and you haven't lost money. You, you haven't gotten, you, you know, you, you haven't made money yet, but as you pointed out, I, similarly, I started buying gold back in 2001 at 300 bucks an ounce. And this, a lot of people find this hard to believe, and I, I don't have a chart to show, but gold has been over that time period from to that, just start January 1st, 2001 to now, gold has been the best uh, performing asset, major asset. I'm sure there's some weird commodities that have performed better. Um, but if you want, if you just look at gold, silver, stocks, bonds, gold has been the best performing asset over that 23 year period. And so people who, in my opinion, I'm guessing you would agree with this, people who decide to check out of the market here. And I, I know that some people are checking out. I mean, I've had more, you know, in the last six months, I've had more um, subscription cancellations than the new subscribers. Interestingly, um, I've had a lot of subscribers who were subscribers, you know, maybe five or six years ago, subscribed for three or four years, went away, and now they're actually coming back. So um, it, it's, to me, I think this, this handle here in the cup and handle formation is percolating for an explosive move higher. And as you point out, you've got this kind of ceiling here. And I think at least you and I, and probably a lot of people watching this would agree, um, one of the factors in this is the official intervention that goes on by the bullion banks on behalf of central banks and the governments, especially the U.S. government, because they're trying to protect the status of the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency. And if the price of gold shoots up, a lot more people will start to question the, the integrity or viability of the dollar. So... Um, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, if if you if you are looking to get into the market, um, as, as James Turk has said for the 20 years that I've been following him, you know, don't jump in all at once. Buy a little bit every month because that way you'll dollar cost average. And if you had been buying a little bit every month for the last 20 years, your average cost would be substantially lower than where the price is now. So. Um, That's true. Uh, let me interrupt here, Dave, sure, because this is do. this is the chart for the U.S. dollar only, and if you compare yes, to other to other currencies, we have new highs in Japanese yen, of course, in Turkish lira, even in the euro, we made a new high recently. That is still the privilege of the U.S. dollar that is going to fall. And as I just said, if this game is over and the US dollar is a key part or the key part of the global financial system, then this will be the ultimative, the ultimative bubble, the biggest of all. And many people in, in other countries, they have already done everything right, saving their money in, in gold and it's going only upwards. 
As you said, with your subscriptions, we see the fight. People are fighting to save money. The costs of living are going through the roof and not really coming back. Although we have now a bit of a calm down of the inflation, but I think this is only an intermediate time. It will be go up again. So we have those who have to protect their six, seven, however digit numbers of money and they become, a, they feel a bit unpleasant with having this money in the bank accounts now for good reason. So you have many people with large sums standing on the sideline because the propaganda is still working. It's the barbaric relict relic okay they haven't said that for for quite a while but they are always i i just read today jp morgan is expecting gold to rise to 2100 and something next year and 2000 this year imagine still 50 bucks left so they are always they are biased they are not really giving good advice uh, for the precious metals so it's always the same The same suggestion, think for yourself. Look at the chart. Look at the surroundings around you, the, the situation, how the people are fighting, how the economy is slowly but steadily deteriorating. What will be left? A new monetary system must come. I really hope not the one that the Klaus Schwab and friends want, the central bank digital currency system that would be from bad to much worse a move to mm. much worse another fight that we have to have to fight but with a new monetary system it should be or it should include a precious metals component to prevent politicians from stupid spending You know the story that before the First World War, the um, gold coverage or the gold backing of the currencies was abandoned in all, in all European powers. That always is the first step to start uh, big, um, big bad events. And it happened. Now we, we do not have this ceiling anymore. And the effects uh, are pretty similar. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. So far, my comment. That's that's great, Jan. Um, I uh, you've been really generous with your time, and I appreciate you coming on to my Arcadia Economics biweekly podcast. And it's it's for me at least. In addition to you know, I'm really glad that we met each other over in Africa and got to know each other a little bit. Um, but for me, it's, it's, you know, mo most of the audience for this podcast is probably us based. And for me, I, I always like to get, you know, the perspective from someone who is, while they may be like-minded, um, lives in a different country and, you know, supposedly Germany and the U S are allies. Um, but both you and I feel the same way about what's what's going on in the in our countries. Um, and so for me, it's it's refreshing to hear. Um, if you want, do you want to just let the audience know about your conference in October that you put on? We put on a conference for 
precious metals, base metals, all kinds of energy metals and special situations in November. So if you are in Germany and interested in, look up or use the Google engine or a different one for Forum One. That I think that will be a great event. But on um, on invitation only, I just was thinking about one word and I lost it, but I found it. <laughs> <laughs> invitation only. Yes, will be a big one. And we have, as always, great key speakers there, Doug Casey and fund managers, many names from Germany that you probably don't know in the USA, but I think it will be a very good one and for getting new contacts and new knowledge. Well, that sounds like an awesome event. Appreciate your time again. And I'd love to some, some, at some point down the road, hopefully before the suddenly event happens, get you back on here and, and we can update everything and see where we stand. Um, and for the Arcadia audience, as I like to say, please try to enjoy what you can as much as you can while you can, because we don't know when that suddenly event's going to happen and it might not be as easy to enjoy life at that point. Um, on another note, it's summertime, get away from your computers and go outside and enjoy the weather. And um, until next Absolutely, time. Absolutely, Dave, and uh, enjoy the time with the family. That is very important. Do not look too much at the finances. The finances will be our least problem, really. And we have allies all over the world who fight for justice and truth. That is something that has no national borders. So let's move it. Well, I second that. And I'll see everybody in two weeks. <laughs>